0: Welcome to Untangle, the podcast from Meditation Studio, and now our partner Muse. I'm Patricia Carpus. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who share how meditation and mindfulness practices change our lives. Our podcast is brought to you by Meditation Studio. Apple's pick as one of the 10 best apps of the year. And Muse, the amazing brain-sensing headband that gives you real feedback on your meditation practice. You can download the Meditation Studio app in the App Store, and we hope you'll check out Muse at ChooseMuse.com. When you download Meditation Studio, you'll get over 400 original and exclusive meditations by leading experts on everything from sleep, stress, and anxiety, to happiness, confidence, and leadership, and much, much more to explore. And if you've got Alexa, ask her to play our eight free meditations. Just say, Alexa, enable meditation studio. Today, join Muse co-founder, neuroscientist, Brainiac, and Untangle co-host, Arielle Garten, as she goes inside the head of her amazing guests.
1: Thanks, Patricia. Hello, I'm Arielle. And I'll be your guide as we go inside the head of some of the world's most extraordinary brain scientists, psychologists, meditators, those who are skilled in the mental arts. And we're going to learn both from their cutting edge work and their own human experience, how our brains work, how to optimize them, and how to manage the crazy in all of our minds. Today, we're going to get inside the head of the amazing Jim Quick. Jim is a celebrity brain trainer who teaches tools and techniques to optimize your brain to learn and remember. Jim works with folks like Elon Musk, Jim Carrey, Richard Branson, Will Smith, among many others. And today he's going to share with us his best brain enhancing learning and memory techniques. Jim is an amazing head, a warm heart, and a really great friend. Welcome, Jim.
2: Thank you so much. I've been looking so forward to this. And thank you for everyone who's listening to this.
1: I'm particularly excited to have you on our show because you tend to set the stage with helping people prime their brains to learn. Mm -hmm. So I know you have an awesome exercise that you can do that's going to help us understand how to learn everything and remember everything in this podcast and all of the other podcasts we listen to every day.
2: Yes, yes. This idea of meta-learning or learning how to learn Feel like it's one of the most important skills that we weren't taught really back in school. You know, school taught us what to learn. Important subjects like math and history and science and Spanish. But how many classes were on how to learn, how to think, how to focus, how to concentrate, how to solve problems, how to remember more? Right? I always thought it should have been the fourth R back in school. Yeah, reading, <laughs> writing, arithmetic. But what about recall?
1: Remembering, recalling right. yeah.
2: retention, remembering. And so I like to show people how to boost their brain power so they could have better lives.
1: So that sounds amazing and like an incredible skill to use to get more out of your life every day. Can you actually teach us how to do that? Mm -hmm. I'm really curious. What should I do in order to remember everything I'm going to hear in this episode?
2: Yeah. Well, so I grew up with learning difficulties. Some people don't know, but at the age of five, I had a very bad accident, head trauma, brain injury. And I just didn't understand things like everybody else did. And teachers would have to repeat themselves over and over again. And I would pretend I understood, but I didn't really understand. I had very bad focus, very poor memory. It took me an extra four years to learn how to read. And so when I learned how to compensate, I couldn't help but want to help other people. And that's why I got really passionate about that. And so what I would suggest as everybody's listening to this, wherever people happen to be listening to this, if they're driving or they're, um, they're working out or they're cleaning up their home is, um, I'll give you a number of memory tips to be able to recall not only this conversation, this episode, but all future episodes, which, uh, which would be really remarkable. I use the framework called fast F A S T. If you want to learn any subject or any skill faster, here are four elements to consider that would accelerate your ability to learn any subject or any skill. The F in FAST stands for forget. And you're like, Jim, this is a conversation about memory and recall. What are you talking about forgetting? You're like the memory guy. And what I would say is you want to forget three things that will help you learn faster. Number one, I want you to forget temporarily what you know about a subject. I find that a lot of people don't learn faster because they feel like they know the subject already, right?
1: Yeah. You block out the information. It's like, nope, I know this. I'm an expert. I'm cutting off. My ego is bigger than this conversation.
2: Exactly. And your mind It's kind of cliche, but it's just like a lot of cliches. There's truth to it, that your mind is like a parachute and it only works when it's, when it's opened, right?
1: <laughs> I this love is, that.
2: <laughs> this is the, the, the Zen idea of, of having a beginner's mind. And so temporarily set aside what you know about a subject. Um, the second thing I would say forget is situational things. We know that there's a myth to multitasking, right? That when people think they're doing more than one cognitive activity, what they're really doing is switching. Like task switching is probably more of an accurate term. And it could take, you know, minutes to be able to regain your focus and your flow again.
1: Okay, let's actually stop for a second and just audience check in. Who is doing more than one thing simultaneously?
2: Oh, I like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, who's listening to this podcast and A, driving B, doing something on the computer. C, watching another video. D, listening to this at 1.85 speed. Right. What would you say to all those people?
2: And I would say that if you want to get the most out of something that you put your attention to it, because really the art of memory is the art of attention. Hmm. So I would say no to things because it allows you to say yes to the most important thing, which is whatever your goal is. Then the third thing I would say, forget, besides forget what you temporarily what you know about a subject. Forget about situational uh, distractions. Forget about your limitations. And maybe it's easier to say than it is actually to do, but we don't know what we're capable of. Like a lot of people will have these beliefs saying, oh, I just have a horrible memory or I'm just getting too old or this runs in my family. Here's the thing. You have to really monitor your self-talk. I remember I was preparing to run a, a marathon, right? With the name of like quick. which is my real last name. I didn't change it to do what I do. It's my father's name, my grandfather's name. Um, I had to be a runner back in school, right? And I I had to to be very careful when I'm driving because you don't want to get pulled over for speeding because your driver's license (laughs) sets quick right on it and you're not gonna talk about that ticket. I remember I was reading a book on running a marathon and one of the chapters was more of the psychology of running it, which I was very interested in. And it said this verbatim, word for word, because I'm a memory expert. (laughs) It said, your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. Mm. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. You know, our self-talk matters. It's that your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk and it becomes this unconscious command. A good rule is not to say anything that you don't want to be true. It's just like, what did we learn when we were a child that like got imprinted on us? You know, when I had this brain injury at the age of five, I remember when I was nine years old, a teacher looked at me talking to another teacher, thinking I wasn't paying attention said, that's the boy with the broken brain. Oh, That's the boy with the broken brain. And it's kind of interesting because those words became part of my inner talk and parents And teachers or anyone who has a relationship with a child have to be, you have to be very careful because your external words become their internal words. You know what I mean? And every time how it became my internal words was every time um, I was not good enough, right? wasn't, I I didn't do well on a test or a quiz, which was all the time. You know, when I wasn't picked for the team, you know, in in gym class, I would say, oh, it's because I have the broken brain. And that became my, my inner my inner self-talk. So I would say forget about your limitations uh, because we don't know what we're capable of. And so that's the F in fast. It's just forget those things so you can make room for something else. The A in fast, and you can appreciate this, is being active, active. I find that a lot of people don't learn and remember things because they take a very passive approach to learning because that's what a lot of education trained us but the mind doesn't learn through consumption. It learns through creating, right? And co-creating and using our imagination and not just regurgitating you know, information. And so I would say is, is to be active when you're learning. So what can you do? You could take notes, right? That's a way of being more active in your learning. A very simple way of taking notes is taking a piece of paper, even when you're listening to this right now, to be active, putting a line down the sheet and then on the left side, you take notes, and on the right side, you make notes. Meaning on the left side, you're capturing, and on the right side, you're creating.
1: So you're taking notes on one side, on the left side, which you know, probably this metaphor is intentional, that the left side is the sort of detail-oriented language processing, what is the information I'm learning? Yeah. And then the right side gets to be, like your right brain, the imaginary global yeah. visualization side. And so often when we're taking notes and we're listening to something, our mind wanders. And this piece of paper, the way you've structured it, gives your mind a safe place to wander. We're still wandering within the content and you're referring within your brain back to the content. How does this trigger for me? What does it mean for me? And you're putting that down. So it's kind of like you're giving yourself an out for mind wandering that keeps you within the system and helps you actually engage and re-remember your content.
2: Absolutely. And so that's a way of being active thinking is, is is the process of asking and answering questions of ourself. And if you're listening to this, you're thinking like, is that true? Notice you have to ask a question <laughs> to be able to validate that.
1: That's really interesting. So f- questions, in a sense, are able to create a framework and shift a framework. So if you're s- trying to learn something and you're now learning within a framework, asking a question is going to hone you in on this. Like, what is this information going to do for me? What is the outcome that I want from this information? So questions can either hone you into something so that you can look for the answers or they can help you break a frame and they say, well, we used to do it like this. Mm -hmm. What if we did it like that? What's another way to do it? How do I get out of this frame to see it from a new angle, to have a metacognition, to break my frame, to see it from the other side?
2: Absolutely. And so all of a sudden we're outside the proverbial box. You can ask a new question even with, I know you have people who listen that have set goals. They have a six month goal or one year or five year, 10 year goal. A simple question like, what if you had to reach your 10 year goal in six months, right? So it automatically, you couldn't do what other people are doing and get the same kind of results. You'd have to do something completely disruptive, right? But the idea here is if you want more answers or more comprehension, ask more questions. And just going back to the A and FAST is how can you make learning more active? The thing is, is learning, like life, is not a spectator sport.
1: Hmm. Learning
2: is not a spectator sport. Life is not a spectator sport. You have to get off the bench. You have, to, you have to roll up your sleeves and get involved. And then finally, the S and the T in FAST. The S in FAST stands for state. I have a belief that all learning is state dependent. Information by itself is very forgettable, right? Think about all the information we learned back in school and how much we actually forgot, right? But information combined with emotion becomes more of a long-term memory. Is there a song you can listen to and it can take you back years, right, automatically? because information combined with that emotion, you know, really uh, solidified that, encoded that memory. Or maybe it's a fragrance or food. You eat that food and it's like you're a child again. But that emotional state's important because think about it. What was the emotional state most people had back in school?
1: Bored, numb, disengaged.
2: Exactly. They're totally not, not associated to anything. They're bored. And on a scale of zero to 10, what's boredom? Like zero, right?
1: Maybe negative two.
2: Right, exactly. (laughs) So, information combined with emotion becomes a long term memory. But if the emotion is on a scale of zero to 10, zero, anything times zero is zero. And you wonder when you go back this, you know, if you're quizzed on the periodic table or all this stuff we learned back in school that we drilled with, you know, flashcards and repetition and road learning, how much do we really recall, right? Because it didn't really touch us emotionally. So, what I would say is there's a success formula. And I call it H cubed, head, heart, hands. That a lot of us can keep things in our head. We could affirm things. We could set goals in our head, uh, vision for things of our business and our family, our health. But if we're not acting with our hands, there's something that's missing, right? We're procrastinating. We're self-sabotaging. We're taking you know, steps forward and then steps backwards, right? And then what I would say is maybe check into the second H, which is your heart. You know the feelings, the emotions. It's uh, you know, the fuel that that fuels the car, if you will. Even in in even business, they say people don't buy logically; they buy emotionally, right? Because we are emotional creatures, and we're not even logical. We're we're like biological. <laughs> and so, state meaning the maybe a snapshot of the mood of our mind and our body is very important. So. You don't want to be learning in a bored state. And most people, like even when they're reading, they're reading, you know, they use reading as a sedative. <laughs> they, that, that's what they use, they have that token book that's sitting by their bed that they pick up when they want to fall asleep, but if that's your association to reading.
1: <laughs> Good point, yeah.
2: Then the obvious question becomes who controls our state? Who controls how we feel at any given moment? And of course it's it's us, right? I recently got to introduce two of my superheroes, and I talk about superheroes a lot, um, because I I mentioned that it took me an extra few years to learn how to read. I actually taught myself how to read by reading comic books late at night. You know, when my parents thought I was sleeping, I'd be underneath the covers with the flashlight, and something about the illustrations or the idea of of good versus evil, and everyone can make a difference, which is all about like hope and help, um, brought the words to life, and that's how I learned how to read. Um, but I got to introduce two modern day superheroes together uh, for dinner. It was Richard Branson and Stan Lee, Stan Lee, you know, like the, the create, he co-created Spider-Man and
1: X-Men, all the comic books
2: or all the all our favorites. And I remember in the car, I posted this picture on Instagram. I asked Stan, I was like, you created all these amazing superheroes. Who's your favorite? And he says, Jim, it's Iron Man. I'm like, that's awesome. And she's like, Jim, who's your favorite superhero? And Stan, when people see the picture, it's a big Spider-Man tie. And I was like, Spider-Man. And without a pause, he says, Jim, with great power comes...
0: Great responsibility. Exactly.
2: And it is iconic voice, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. And when I heard him, I was like, Stan, you're right. With great power comes great responsibility. And the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. When we take responsibility for something, we have great power to make things better. So state, and then so we can control our state by changing our psychology or our physiology, you know, our thoughts, our questions, our, the other thing to be responsible for is our focus. You know, we can control what we focus on and also what things mean, what we decide those things mean. And so I would say be responsible for those things and changing your physiology too. Even just putting a smile on your face you know, as your body moves, your your brain grooves.
1: I love right? that. And
2: so it, it, affect, it affects your state. And then finally, the the T in FAST stands for teach. And this is so simple and it's so common sense, but common sense is not often common practice, right? And what I would say is that, you know, as we have this conversation, what if you had to teach this to a loved one? What if you had to give a TED style talk, you know, at work, on monday about what you learned in this podcast episode you know and then so what would happen would your focus be better of course it would would you take better notes would you post on social media you know better questions you know you would own that information because when you learn with the intent of teaching which is really why you want to learn anything right you want to learn something for just what two reasons you want to learn something because of how it could benefit you But then you also want to learn it so how you could share with other people and how it could benefit other people, right? Like when I learned strategies and how to read faster and how to have focus and how to do mental math and how to be able to remember languages and words and give speeches without notes. I enjoy the benefit of it, but I enjoy even more sharing with other people. And when you learn with the intent of teaching, well, here's the thing. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. And so what I would say is if you want to accelerate your learning, learn with the intent of teaching somebody else and you'll learn it faster.
1: Okay. So I'm going to take a second and recap what you said uh, so that I can remember it. I love it. So number one, forgetting. And I love that we started a discussion on memory with how to forget, <laughs> forgetting, forget your ego, forget what you know, mm-hmm. forget about what you think you're going to learn yeah. and bring yourself open. I love the metaphor of a parachute. Yeah. A parachute is open to learning as it comes down. It's just going to gather the information along the way with it I love to that. be active, yes. be engaged in your learning, yeah. ask questions, allow those questions to frame your ideas and take you to new directions and break those frames. S state. You have the responsibility to put yourself into a state of learning, into a state of focus, into a state where you can take information in Mm -hmm. and teach. Yes. Learn the information as if you're going to have to teach it. Because I can tell you the thought that I was going to reiterate you made me think about this over and over and over again. So (laughs) I could, you know.
2: And then you own it. it becomes Put it yours. inside my
1: neurons and send it back out again.
2: Exactly. Because we make it personal. We have to, in order to be able to take information in, whether it's reading or listening to a podcast and it's in our mind, in order to be able to express it, we have to make it our own and we have to organize it and we have to own it.
1: Okay. I have an idea. So I want to actually take a pause here in the podcast in a moment anyone, if it's safe for you to do so, press pause. And I want you to take a moment and own the information you heard. Think about what you just learned. Remember it. If you're having difficulty remembering it, just try. Give yourself another moment. Believe you can. Ask yourself what information was in there. Cue yourself. Prompt yourself. And then take a moment, if you want, to play around with changing state. Put a smile on your face. Think about something wondrous. See if you can actually shift your state to one of happiness or one of learning and get that in your own control. So pause now. And welcome back from our pause. I hope you found that fruitful or interesting. I love to play around with things in real time as we come across them. So, Jim, one of the things that came to mind to ask you is around negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as we talk about changing state, negative thinking is a difficult thing to get yourself out of, something I think a lot about and work a lot with, uh, and something we're going to hear a lot about in this podcast. So I want to know from you, Jim, last time you had a negative thought, as we all often do. What was your technique? What did you do about it?
2: So here's something we all we all struggle with. And so for me, first of all, I use my muse awesome. every single day, and i and I meditate because I think that quiet time is important. I think it's important to disconnect in order to reconnect. But what I do when I have a negative thought, let's say that something crosses my mind, and first, I just want to be sensitized to it. You know, and so that's why I think meditation and journaling is so important, because it's a way of reflecting what's you know on the outside, you know, and, and inside as well. But once I've sensitized to a limiting belief or, or something I say to myself, like that might not be true, but how do I address it? Something really simple, very simple four steps. I, I it's like I, I infuse magic into things. And I, I, I studied with a number of magicians, you know, mentalists and so on. But how about this? There are there are words that incant magic, right? Like abracadabra. And abracadabra loosely means taking words into reality, right? And abra, if you look at the words, I love acronyms, right? We learn like the homes, like the Great Lakes, Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior, and so on, or Roy G. Biv for the colors of the rainbow. Um, So very easy to remember, abra. So last time I have a negative talk, what I'll say is the A in abra stands for acknowledge. Acknowledge, meaning that I don't try to fight. Let's say I have a, a thought in my mind saying I'm not good enough or I'm just I can't lose that weight or I'm just what whatever it is, or I can't reach that goal. First thing I'll do is I'll acknowledge it. So I don't resist it because again, what you resist persists.
1: Persists. Thank you, Jung. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and so what I do is I'll acknowledge it and I won't I won't fight it. So I'll acknowledge that it's there. And this is an abridged version. The B in Abra stands for breathe right? And we know when we're talking about the autonomous nervous system and bridging that is something you can, your breath is something you could control, right? And it's like the basis and foundation for so much meditation. So I would just breathe. And what I would actually breathe is and besides breathing is good to help rid of the brain fog that a lot of us suffer throughout the day it's it's also with our posture on a separate note like a lot of times when people are reading or on their phones they're always bent over like this or and when you collapse your your diaphragm like the lower one-third of your lungs absorbs two-thirds of the oxygen and so you wonder why you get a little hazy right and you start yawning just because you're trying to get more air your brain is only what, about 2-3% of your body mass, but it requires like 20% of the, of the nutrients. And so the B is I breathe. And But specifically, I like to breathe when I breathe in. And when I'm breathing in, I, I'm breathing in like power. I'm bringing, I'm bringing in peace. I'm, bringing, I'm breathing in and imagining the thing that I need the most. And I'm also breathing to that place where I feel like that Limiting thought, or what Dr. Daniel Amen, the brain doctor, calls ants—automatic negative thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I want to get rid of that ant. I'll breathe into that part of my body where I feel like it—that thought resides—and I'll breathe in, and then I'll exhale. And the R in Abra stands for release. And what I'm releasing is I'm releasing that that thought, right, or that that belief, or that pain in my body, that discomfort, or I'm also releasing, you know, limitation or things that are Things or negative states that are holding me back in some way, whether it could be guilt or anger or whatever it is, and so I acknowledge it, I breathe into it, and then I release it out, and then finally the last A in Abra stands for align, and align for me is going back to my my truth, and and very simple it could be just the opposite of whatever it is that I was like dealing with, right? I'll I'll, I'll come up with the the opposite of, of that. And that would be my, my truth and I'll align more to um, like a, a set point where it's, this is just, this is who I am. And I really feel like, in order for people to be happy, they need like two things. They, In order to feel really fulfilled, you need the curiosity to know yourself, right? Self awareness. And that's why I feel like um, the mindfulness work is so important because you get to know yourself. And then once you get to more and more know yourself, you need also, besides curiosity to know yourself, you need the courage to be yourself, right? Because so many of us are living other people's expectations and their opinions, you know, from our peer groups, you know, the Joneses and our parents and, you know, you name it, how it affects us. So I would say to be conscious of that. But going back to Abra, the A is I align I, to, to my personal truth. And that's kind of, simple like four-step process, you know, for dealing with challenging thoughts that might hold you back.
1: Amazing. As an addendum to the idea of aligning to yourself, you have to have the permission to be yourself and you also have to have the permission to actually reject your negative thoughts. Yeah, We're so caught up in believing the things that we tell ourselves that when you stop for a second and you listen to a negative thought, you often believe that it's true or you believe that you're supposed to have it or, you know, well, this is just an inherent truth about me. And what you always preach is that, you know, all of our brains are changeable. Yeah, Our brains are these wonderful, amazing places where you can actually choose what goes on inside. And so you have the opportunity to say, no, I don't need to buy into that. I don't need to believe that. I can make a different choice for myself.
2: Yeah. And that power of belief goes a long way. I mean, even... In 1954, Roger Bannister is famous for for breaking the four minute mile, right? Throughout human history, no one could run a mile less than four minutes. All of a sudden he was able to do it.
1: And then so many other people could do it after him. As soon as that limitation's broken, it's like your cap is off. Genie's out of the bottle.
2: Exactly, because the belief back then was the human heart couldn't sustain a sub four minute mile and it would explode in your chest. And then <laughs> I believe all behavior is belief driven.
1: It sounds like a great reason not to try a four minute mile. Right. Ever. Exactly.
2: And then, but then, and that was the change. So it wasn't like there was a lot big, you know, after he did it, it's not like there was big advancements in shoe technology or nutrition or, tra- or physical training. It was a change in belief.
1: So on that note, most of us believe that we can't do amazing things like remember a string of a hundred numbers right. or all the names in a room. Yeah. Could you walk us through a short exercise yeah. to teach us how to do something like that?
2: Absolutely. So one of the things I do is I train a lot of actors. I also train a lot of the TED speakers on how to remember their TED talk from memory, right? And it's a useful technique. So I'm going to teach everybody really quickly how to do it. Let's say there's 10 points to a speech and, uh, and we'll make up the speech. In fact, let's lean in on this, <laughs> um, go all in. I'll, I'll teach you the 10 keys for unlocking what I call your quick brain. And I train this at the Cleveland Clinic for Brain Health where they do all the research on Alzheimer's and dementia and they do all the caregiving, train their doctors and their researchers, and their caregivers, and their patients. And so here are 10 things. So I'm gonna tell you what those 10 things are and what I would say is don't write it down and I'll teach you how to memorize it as if you were gonna give a TED talk. And you can teach it, like we talked about the power of teaching.
1: Awesome. I'm ready. Yeah.
2: Um, Now, when I'm going through these 10 things, what I would ask everyone to do is just on a scale of zero to 10, rate yourself on how well you're fulfilling that one thing. Because everyone always wants to know what the magic pill is, right? What's the silver bullet that fixes everything? I have photographic memory and I'm a genius and everything. I'm saying it's not one thing. Right, So I'm gonna go through the 10 things that matter that will move the the lever for you and you might notice that there's one or two or three areas that you're not putting enough energy or focus into and if you put your energy there, everything will open up for you. So here are the 10 things. And I don't think anyone will debate any of these because it's common sense. But a good coach doesn't always tell you something new, they remind you what you already know. And so number one is a good brain diet. So there's certain foods that have been shown to be good for the brain, things like avocados, right, good fats. Uh, blueberries, I like to call them brain berries. Uh, broccoli, um, some people um, like like coconut oil. Uh, dark green leafy vegetables. Eggs, if, if your diet allows that. Wild salmon, if your diet allows that also as well. Turmeric, lowers inflammation. I make like a uh, golden milk every morning with like an almond milk with, with turmeric, a little pepper, a little honey. Walnuts and then uh, dark chocolate. You know, what's good for your mood is 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 good is could be good for your mind also. Then from there, I would say number two is killing ants, uh, going back to automatic negative thoughts, right? So you want to have that positive self-talk. Number three, exercise. We know this definitively, all the research says, the more active you are is very key. Whatever's good for your heart's gonna be good for your head, because there's blood flow and oxygen and so on. But so many people they say sitting is the the new smoking, so that's I would say number three. Number four, brain nutrients. Um, maybe you're not getting all the nutrients from your diet because you're traveling and you're just fat. Everything is kind of quick. Maybe you need the supplement. And the best thing is to take a go to a functional medicine doctor and get a nutrient profile. But the most important brain nutrient, and so many doctors agree, is DHA.
1: Take your fish oils. Absolutely. High DHA fish oil. Huge, huge. And don't be afraid to take a prenatal fish oil, even if you're a guy, because they typically have the highest DHA.
2: Completely. So good for the brain. So that's number four. Number five, positive peer group. We know that your potential, and even when it comes to your learning, your intelligence, Mm -hmm. is not limited to your biological networks or even your neurological networks, but your social networks. Because who you spend time with is who you become. Like Whether or not you smoke or not has less to do with your biology and more does your friend's friend smoke. It's going to have more of an influence. So that's number five. Number six is clean environment. It's good for the brain. right? Everyone knows this intuitively. When you clean your desk or you clean your laptop, then you have clarity of thought also that your external world can be a reflection of your internal world. Number seven, sleep. And this is so huge and it, why it's important for your brain. I'll, I'll give you a few reasons because we all know how we feel the next day when we don't sleep well. It's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. It's also where you clean out uh, plaque you know, that could lead to, to brain aging challenges. And I had a fun one in. It's the dreams. The dreams you have in, in your dream states is a source of insight and also transformation, meaning... People don't know this, but a lot of things in our culture um, came from dream states. Like, for example, people don't know this, but Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein in her dream. Elias Howe created the sewing machine in his dream. A chemist created the framework of the periodic table in his dream. Wow. Paul McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. So we're like, what are you what are what are you dreaming about you know late at night, um, but then forget about it you know in the morning, but in order to be able to dream, it presupposes that you're getting sleep you know, you're getting that REM sleep.
1: Another nerdy fact, as you sleep, your brain unbinds the norepinephrine in it. Mm. So norepinephrine is the thing that keeps you alert, vigilant and then during sleep you unbind your norepinephrine it returns back into its reserve and then during the next day you can become again alert
2: and that's so powerful right just going back to these 10 things like you could do everything right have a great brain diet and and you know and and lower your stress and be around positive people but if you're not sleeping that one thing could keep you from living your the best version of yourself so that's number seven in no particular order and then finally eight nine ten eight um, brain protection Meaning that if you want to have a, a super quick brain, if you will, your best brain possible, you have to protect your brain. You know, I've had a number of TBIs, concussions.
1: It started your whole journey, yeah.
2: You know, and then also but not just from that, but also from other other things, like I'm sure you know more about this than I do, but just like having your phone like by your your head all the time, you know, because there's so many electromagnetic fields that are out there also. You know, I heard that that children now, over ninety percent of them sleep with their phones underneath their pillows. So are those EMFs are having, you know, like who knows what effect that's having on our brain chemistry, you know, the neurophysics of it. So brain protection is number eight. Number nine, new learnings. New learnings. If you want to have a quick brain, you know what the key to neurogenesis and neuroplasticity is you know, creating new brain cells, creating new connections. It's just like your your physical muscles. If you want to improve your physical muscles, you have to give it novelty and nutrition, right? Novelty like you have to exercise like give it stimulus and then feed that muscle. Obviously, give it a rest we talked about sleep. Same thing with your mental muscles. What promotes neurogenesis, neuroplasticity is novelty. Novelty of movement, novelty of thoughts, and also the nutrition which we've covered in diet and, and supplementation, so new learnings. And uh, this is a soapbox that I'm preaching to the choir because if you're listening to this, obviously you love new learnings. And then finally, the 10th thing I would say that is often neglected and not recognized because we're in it all the time is stress management that's why i love the mindfulness time because it's a time where you can disconnect you know have white space you know for yourself to be creative to to heal to go into parasympathetic to rest recover rejuvenate and so you know what coping mechanisms what practices do people have to be able to get out of stress because You know, when you're in a stress fight or flight state for physical activity is great, but not for cognitive activity, not if you need to prepare for a test or study or prepare for a meeting and think and solve problems, be creative and write. You know, cortisol, adrenaline, just, just shuts out different parts of your brain, especially chronic stress over time. And so what are we doing to be able to mitigate that stress? So those are the 10 things. And I don't think anyone would debate any of those 10. And so let's say that's your TED talk. You want to give a talk on the 10 keys for unlocking your quick brain.
1: How do I remember them?
2: Yeah. So how do you remember them in order? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through a journey in my office. You know, I have an office in Westchester, New York, which also happens to be home of the X-Men. I'm going to go through my office and delineate 10 landmarks in my office. And I'm going to take each of the 10, each of the 10 keys for unlocking your quick brain and put the first thing in the first place and then the second thing in the second place, and the third thing in the third place. So I want you to imagine you're taking a plane, you're landing into Westchester Airport, car picks you up, and you're in the back of the car, and it's going the suburbs of New York City, and there's a lots of trees and a big glass building, which is the, um, where my office is. The first place, you'll notice, is the parking lot. So I want you to say out loud the place. So what's the first place? Parking lot. Parking lot, and when you get out of the parking lot, I want you to imagine there's a big buffet of brain foods there waiting for you. (laughs) All right, so the avocados, Mm. the blueberries, the dark chocolate, all of that is there for you. And just imagine it or imagine, make it exaggerate a little bit. Remember the fastest learners are children. They use their imagination, they make it funny. Remember we talked about the power of emotion. So imagine you're having a big food fight. We're all there together and we're having a big brain food fight. Um, and then from there, you walk over to the second place. There's like a, a waterfall creates a moat around the building, and uh, there's a bridge you have to cross a bridge. So the second place is the bridge. What's the second place? The bridge? The bridge. And as you're crossing the bridge, you're killing ants. <laughs> that's yep. the thing you're killing automatic negative thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, and you're stepping on those ants. You would never do that. but that's why, becomes memorable. From there, you go into the building. The third place is the elevator. What's the third place? The elevator. And when you get in there, exercise. Remember, exercise. That's key for the brain.
1: Exercise in the elevator. E in the E. Perfect. It's a little box so I can exercise inside the box.
2: Nice. And you're doing your CrossFit, your yoga, your personal trainers there, whatever it is, but see it and feel it.
1: Richard Simmons in the elevator with me.
2: Richard Simmons, yeah, there you go. (laughs) And then you walk in the fourth place, right out of the elevator is the fourth place, which is the hallway. What's the fourth place? The hallway. The hallway. And the fourth brain tip is our brain vitamins. So I want you to imagine all these bottles of brain vitamins coming down the hallway ginkgo biloba dha your omegas your b vitamins and all these brain vitamins and you're just jumping over them you're slipping on them but you're you're like laura croft indiana jones donkey kong jumping over big bottles of brain vitamins so brain vitamins you get it to the office you open the door immediately to the left is the fifth place which is the closet what's the fifth place the closet on my left yes and you open up the closet and the fifth brain tip is a positive peer group i want you to imagine all your happy friends in the closet hmm. all your happy friends are in the closet and they're celebrating they're all in the closet and they're really 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 happy like positive peer group from there, you go to the sixth place, which is the receptionist. So what's the sixth place?
1: The receptionist. The
2: receptionist. And the receptionist is cleaning the environment because that's the brain to mm. clean environment. Vacuuming and mopping and this everything has its place. Dusting. Just every- collating. Yes, exactly. Clean environments. Behind the receptionist is the seventh place, which is a fish tank. What's the seventh place? Fish tank. Fish tank. And there, you need to remember sleep. So I want you to look at all the tropical fish and they're sleeping. So you see Mm. Nemo, Dory, but let's make it exaggerated. Let's say that they're wearing their pajamas. They're in their bunk beds. They're snoring. I mean, all the fish are just, they're sleeping. Big slumber party.
1: Their little bubbles coming up with every snore. Yes. Exactly.
2: And then from there, finally, eight, nine, and 10, you go to the eighth place, which is the door to the classroom. So what's the eighth place? The door. Great. And then it's locked. And you can't get in, but you need to remember that the eighth brain tip is brain protections. What protects your mm. brain? You put on a helmet.
1: Helmets.
2: You put on a helmet and then you headbutt the door open. And not that you, that's probably not good for your brain, but, um, but it's, you're, it's memorable and it splinters everywhere and it shatters and you get inside the classroom. So that's what you want to remember. So the, the helmet reminds you of that. And then in front of the classroom is the ninth place, which is a whiteboard. What's the ninth place? The whiteboard. Whiteboard. And then I want you to imagine I'm there. Imagine I'm there and I'm writing new learnings, right? Maybe you're taking a speed mm-hmm. reading class or critical thinking class, a focus program, and I'm writing new learnings. But I want you to imagine the marker is your favorite color. Hot pink. Yes, and so I want you to imagine new learnings, the words new learnings right there because you're learning something brand new. And then finally, on the side of the classroom is the 10th place. And there are all these bonsai trees, these Japanese plants. And I want you to imagine stress management, stress mm. management. So for me, what I'm picturing is I'm doing my muse, right? I'm sitting on the bonsai trees and I'm like sitting in a meditative position and I'm using my muse. And I'm making meditation really easy and I'm managing my stress. Awesome. I'm breathing and I'm just doing there and I'm all, yeah, I'm all in doubt. Perfect. Now, you're on stage. Mm -hmm. You are the memory brain coach master. You're on stage. You're giving your first TED Talk and you're like, okay, I'm going to share with you the 10 keys for unlocking your amazing brain power. And what I want you to do is just walk around my office and you don't have to say the place but you could just see the brain tip.
1: Okay, I'm gonna do this. So, first I arrive in the parking lot, yes. and there's this amazing buffet of brain foods the avocados, the walnuts, the blueberries, the wild caught salmon. Nice. Then I go over the bridge and I kill the ants. Then you kill your negative thoughts. Yes. And then you go into the elevator, and in the elevator, you exercise. Mm-hmm. And you exercise, 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 because it's great for your brain. Then you get out into the hallway, and there are lots of vitamins rolling around. And we want to take our supplements, our curcumins, our omega 3s, and on mm-hmm. and on. Cat's claw. Then from there, I go into the uh, hallway and there's a closet and the closet's on the left-hand side and they're all my happy, shiny people, all the positive people, my support group that surrounds me, that gives me inspiration every day.
2: I love that. You're halfway there, that's five.
1: And from there, there's a receptionist cleaning the environment because a clean mm. slate means a clean mind. Yes. Behind her are all these sleeping fish. Yeah. Uh, so we all get a great night's sleep. Yes. After that, we need to protect our brains, make sure we wear the helmet when we go through the door. From yeah. there, Jim's going to teach us new learnings because new yes. learnings are excellent for our brain. Yes. And then from new learnings, we go to stress management yes. um, we have a field of bonsai trees yes. zen gardens where we learn to go and it. clear our minds and get to a stress-free place
2: yay i love it and so notice we're when we're doing this that, that learning can be fun it can be imaginative it can be enjoyable also and people will retain this and you could create all of these like these these this memory palace if you will all through your home and then it becomes a place to store information like facts or client information, or like a shopping list. You literally could take, you know, in the first place, let's say you take your body, the top of your head, you could put um, avocados,
1: Carmen Miranda of avocados. Yeah, we're high.
2: exactly, exactly. We're going to have a, a brain party, you know, barbecue. Can you pick up these 10 things? And you can't write it down because you're driving and you're just like, oh, pick up some avocados, put it on top of your head. Blueberries coming out of your nose, you know, a big stock of broccoli in your teeth, right? Coconut oil coming out of your ears, eggs, you know, where your Adam's apple is on your throat. You know, on the side of your your shoulders, you have green, dark leafy vegetables and uh, a necklace made out of wild salmon and sardines and turmeric all over your fingertips and and walnuts <laughs> coming out of your belly button and dark chocolate on your rear end, or I don't even want, want to know what that looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just making, your the whole thing is that, my goal is, because I grew up as the boy with a broken brain, you know, my my mission is to tell people to have their best and brightest brains because i know what it feels like to suffer and not feel like you're enough and if you are in those that area where you feel like you don't have focus or you can't read as well or you can't remember things it's not your fault it's just we weren't taught how to do that and that's really in my life's work whether it's our podcast or it's our online programs or the, you know, our conferences and such you know our thing is no brain left behind
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for teaching all of us what our brains are capable of. We all now have tools and techniques we can go away and actually use and know that regardless of what we thought about our brain, we can actually remember a string of 10 things. Maybe next time you'll teach us how to remember 100 digits. But know that that each of these things are possible for ourselves. And I love your notion of no brain left behind. You have a ton of free content that anybody can access at any time to learn how to optimize their own brain and do it filled with heart and emotion in ways that actually bring life to life.
2: Yeah, I compare your life to an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, then life begins and all great things begin on the inside. And you listening to this, you made it all the way to the end here. You have greatness inside of you. You have genius inside of you. And uh, you know now's the time to let it out together.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Much love and look forward to catching up later.
2: Bye-bye.
1: Jim is a wealth of knowledge and information around brain training, learning, and memory. And you can learn more about Jim's brain optimization techniques at jimquick.com. That's J-I-M-K-W-I-K.com. If you want to read the show notes, you can find those at arielgarten.com. That's me, A-R-I-E-L-G-A-R-T-E-N. And if you're interested in Muse, check out choosemuse.com. And we've even got an untangled discount code code is Untangle15. I'm Arielle, and Patricia's here next week with more Untangle. Till then, keep your neurons sparkling.